Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Uh, I started this podcast about five years ago so that I could have access to some really smart people who were doing cool things. And now that we are over 530 episodes and then some strong, it has been a really good adventure for me and hopefully for those of you who listen in regularly. So today's show, I'm trying to get back to doing solo shows on Tuesdays and I uh, haven't done that for a while. The reality is, is that uh, after attending the New Media Summit last fall, I ended up booking so many really interesting guests that I got like five months, four months ahead, um, and I needed to start dropping interviews every Tuesday and Thursday because I didn't want uh, the content to be old. I like to have these shows recorded and posted within just a couple of weeks of each other so that the stuff is really fresh. I also like the idea that the guests are going to remember they actually were interviewed and they were on the show. Uh, so I ran a bunch of interviews all throughout the fall, and now I'm trying to get back in the routine of talking about some stuff that I've experienced. So today's show isn't going to be that long. I just want to talk about something that I've been working on with some clients that's a little different. And I think that sometimes when you can, when you can shake it up a little bit and do things that are just slightly not what everybody expects, that's when we can disrupt some stuff. Now, in the meetings industry, there, as long as I have been active, and I've been doing this full-time as a professional speaker for 11 years, as long as I can remember, meeting planners are always looking to try new things. They always want to shake it up. They don't want the same conference year after year, but at the same time, they can only go so far. You know, you can't move a conference away from a hotel or a conference center. I mean, we can't make business conferences like Burning Man. We can't take people out to the middle of the desert. Well, I guess maybe you could, but uh, that would really be doing some disruption. And I don't know that uh, a lot of these business and association audiences would be totally hip about going out to the middle of nowhere and sleeping in sleeping bags. So there's certain things that have to stay the same. You also need to, you know, have certain amount of times for learning, certain amount of time for networking. You need to have bathroom breaks. And so there's there are some constraints that meeting planners have when they're trying to plan their events. But I just got back from an event in Minnesota that was a whole lot of fun. And this is an event that is put on year after year. And a lot of the people who attend have been going to it for a long, long time. And it's sort of a state of the industry for this particular organization that puts on the conference. 
and they wanted to do something different. They have three or four, I think four keynotes throughout the course of the conference. They have an opening keynote on day one. They have a morning keynote and a lunch keynote on day two and then a closing keynote on their last day. So for that second day in the morning, they came to me and said, uh, let's let's do this thing you do. And, and I've called it a couple of different things. And for now, I'm calling it sort of the brain power session. Because here's the thing. If you're going to have four keynote speakers, you know, keynote speakers can only be so different. I mean, you've got a, a wide variety of topics, but there's only so many ways a speaker can really present. Uh, there are some people out there who do some amazing things. There's some entertainment speakers who paint while they speak. Uh, there's some people who play music that incorporates in. But for the most part, you're dealing with someone who's getting up there and, and talking about their knowledge, sharing their stuff as they speak. And even if they're great, there's still not a lot uh, that's different with that sage from the stage. And I'm not against a keynote speaker. Heck, I make my living as a keynote speaker. However, what I created, and I actually did this with a group called the National Tour Association, uh, it was their idea, and together we formatted how to make it work because they had seen some similar things that didn't work where you actually tap into the brilliance of the participants who are in the audience. And so a little through a little trial and error and sort of working things out, we created what I'm now calling sort of these brain power sessions for one of the morning general sessions. So instead of just having an hour, I was given two hours. However, I wasn't going to speak the whole time. In fact, my speaking time was only about 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, and that was really just to set the tone, to bring everybody in, to let them kind of know what we're going to do. And the topic that I speak about ties directly into this whole idea of communicating with the other people at the conference. So it the, the keynote or it's shorter than a keynote. It's only 20-ish minutes. I call it the pre-note because it comes before sort of these roundtable facilitated discussions was all about communicating with purpose. And I, you know, had some science and some stories that I shared with everybody about how do you really communicate with purpose? Because we spend a lot of time in business trying to memorize elevator pitches and other shortcuts so that when we meet someone, we can just flick a switch in our back and tell them who we are and what we do. But there's more to relationships than just reciting elevator pitches at everybody who you cross paths with at a live event. And in my role, I call it being the conference catalyst. One of the things I try to do, whether I'm giving a keynote or whether I'm the master of ceremonies or whether I'm facilitating one of these brain power sessions, one of the things I always try to do is to make sure that I'm helping the people at the conference engage more. Because let's face it, people come to live events because, yeah, they want to learn, they want to hear from the speakers, but they also want to network. They want to make connections with their coworkers. And then the other piece of that whole thing is that uh, when people, I, when I interview people at conferences, and I always try, kind of at every industry I go to, I always try to find out what was the best part of this conference. And you might think, oh, well, that's your ego. You just want them to say, it was your speech, Tom. No, I want to know what the best part of the conference is because that helps me be a better speaker. If it happens to be one of the other speakers that was the best thing they experienced, I want to know what is that person doing to make it an experience so that I can find ways to incorporate some of that into my work. If it happens to be one of the happy hours or the excursions, I want to know that. Usually, though, what people tell me is the best part of a conference is those serendipitous, impromptu, hallway conversations that they have with other participants. 
You know what I'm talking about when I say hallway conversations, right? It's what happens when you're on the break between breakout sessions and you walk out of the room and, and you turn to the person next to you and say, say, what did you think of that last speaker? And they share with you why it was great and what they learned. And you go, oh my gosh, I didn't pick up on that. I saw it this way. And all of a sudden, two people are sharing ideas back and forth. And that's where a lot of people say the magic happens in live events is sort of those serendipitous conversations that you almost can't predict. And that's what I've done with the brain power sessions is I have created planned serendipity. So I get everybody going with sort of a high energy, kind of a fun and yet full of content talk about how do we communicate in a world where everybody is online and everybody's looking for shortcuts. And we think a like, a link, a share and a follow somehow replaces that back to basics human relationship. And by the way, it doesn't. Yeah, there's some examples where some online clicks have worked out really well. But for the most part, people who really excel, they're still doing so because they have built real and meaningful relationships with other people inside their company, outside their company, their customers on down the line. So I talk about this and I talk about how do we get beyond likes, links, shares, and follow? How do we communicate with other people on purpose? And then I say, here's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do for the rest of the day. And they're seated at tables and I have done some pre-work where I have polled the audience, talked to people maybe at the opening reception, talked to the board or the meeting planner, and I found out what are the pressing topics that really matter to the people in the industry. And then we have facilitated discussions at their table. Now, many of you have probably been to a conference where they have like birds of a feather conversations where people go and sit at a table and talk about whatever that pressing issue is. And those things can be hit and miss. If you get the right table, it can be good. But I have figured out a way to really engage and get people talking. I run around and feed additional questions, talk to all the tables. And I've done this with as many as 800 people. This one I was with this week, this week was 400 people. And uh, many of the times I've done it, it's been conferences of about two or 300 people. And you think, how do you have a facilitated discussion where everyone feels they're participating in a room that large? Well, I figured out how to do it. And we get people really talking. Sometimes we have scribes at the table so that the ideas that are being shared can then be compiled and sent out later. Sometimes we just have uh, people share out throughout the room. I sort of call it going Oprah. I run into the audience and have a lot of fun, give out prizes and get people to share what they're learning at their tables. And you might think, well, people are introverted in a lot of industries. They don't want to share. It's all in the way the facilitator sets it up. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best facilitator in the world, but what I've done is I've figured out a way how to take some energy and some fun, get people engaged, give them the power, and at the same time, make the participants in the conference the star of the show. It's not about the keynote speaker during this brain power session. And they get to meet a bunch of people, they, get, they have some exercises that they have to do, and they do a deep dive into a handful of topics. Afterwards, people were saying, wow, I learned a lot in that. They couldn't believe all the notes that they took. And then when they went to the trade show, people who had booths in the trade show were like, wow, people were really energized after they came out of that session and they were talking more and they were asking more questions than they had done the day before. So when we do these brain power sessions, it really in that two hour general session spot, it really has a way to get some things going. It promotes connection, community, and more connection. And I curate these, dis these discussions no matter what size conference you're gonna have. So it changes the whole vibe of the event. 
And that's what 11 years ago, when I came up with the term, I am the conference catalyst. That's what I do. I change, I change the culture of the conference. I get people really wanting to engage and realizing that it's not okay to just go to lunch and sit at a table and stare at your phone the whole time. That's a waste, not just for yourself, because you're not connecting with other people, but it's also a waste for the other people who might have benefited from getting to know you. And a lot of people push back and they go, well, Tom, this won't work with our conference because our conference has a lot of introverts. This has nothing to do with introverts or extroverts. We're not throwing people into discussions with 400 people. We're allowing people to do this at their own pace, at their own level, in very small groups, and in a way that's been set up that makes it a lot of fun for them. So that's what we're trying to accomplish with the Brain Power Session. So if you belong to an association and it's the same old thing every year, it's an hour keynote followed by a coffee break, followed by a couple of breakouts, back for lunch, back to some breakouts, maybe another general session. Maybe, maybe you want to try and shake it up. Maybe your organization is one of those organizations who says, we are ready. We are willing to try new things because let's face it. If you want to have growth, no matter what you do for a living, you got to try some new things. Hey, and speaking of trying new things, I think some of you who listen to this podcast, I think some of you want to have your own podcast. And why do I think that? Because people ask me all the time about, is the podcast worth it? How have I monetized the podcast? Why do I continue after five and a half years to produce cool things entrepreneurs do? So if you want to start a podcast, you've got to listen to this because it's time I thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, it's brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things to check out the offer that they have for the listeners of the show. And if you call them, be sure to tell them Tom Singer sent you. All right. So today I talked about sort of what I do as the conference catalyst. In addition to these brain power sessions, sometimes I do this for conferences where I'm actually the MC of the whole event. So I'm not just there for a two hour general session. I'm there for the whole three days. And every time the group is together in that general session, I'm there to sort of set that tone, keep things going. Now, a lot of groups don't use a professional MC. A lot of them just use a staff member or they use the uh, maybe the chairman that year of their board. And I think every single conference should invest in a professional MC. And I'm not saying it needs to be me because I am certainly not the right fit for every single group. But I think when you go to a conference and you see that they're just using someone from inside the company, Ask yourself, did they make that choice because it was the best choice for the audience? Or did they make that choice because that they didn't have to pay that person? Now, that person might be awesome and it might be the best person ever to MC that gig. I have been to many events where some internal person is fantastic. However, I've been to many events where there's just no energy on stage. And if anything goes wrong or the audience needs to be you know, uh, adjusted because somebody has run long and things like that, they've never been through that before. So they're apologetic or they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to engage with the audience. And they're certainly not adding to that vibe and that energy. So if you're involved with meetings, take a look at hiring a professional MC. Like I said, if I'm not the right choice, give me a call because I am part of the National Speakers Association and I know 
probably about 20 or 30 people who can MC conferences to give you the vibe that you're looking for and make everything run so much smoother. So that's all I got for you today. I was just really excited about how this conference in, in Minnesota went. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed being part of it. And the feedback I got was that people really liked this different setting. And what was so cool is a couple of people came up and said, wow, we could do this again next year because if we're sitting at different tables and if you tweak up the questions, it would be a whole new experience. Well, that's what I did with some other groups as we've done it for two and three years because it is a new experience every single time. So if you think that uh, you need an MC or you need a speaker, give me a call. But if you want a brain power session at your next conference, you got to call me so that we can set it up and customize every little piece of it to make sure that your, that your participants are going to walk out going, wow, they're going to feel like they've built community and they've made connections. All right. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I'm going to be back in a couple of days with some interviews with some really cool people. And I will tell you, I'm really excited about the list of people who are coming up for these upcoming interviews. So make sure that uh, you're setting a reminder and checking back to see what all the new shows are. All right. Thanks very much. And by the way, if you like the show, do me a favor. I always ask people to jump over to iTunes and uh, or it's now called Apple Podcasts and leave a review or wherever you get your podcast love. Uh, very few people do it. And that's cool. You're busy. I got it. But uh, reviews make me smile when I go see a new one. The other thing is send me a note. Let me know how you found the show. Most people find the show by word of mouth. So uh, please do me a favor. Go tell some friends because uh, more people listening just makes it more fun and helps grow the community. All right. Cheers, everybody. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>